if we look at the the three placements on like sponsored products so top of search product page rest of search top of search performs so much better overall click-through rate is so much higher than the other two placements especially product page which has a really low click-through rate Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellard from Ad Advance, and today I am joined by Matt. Matt, you sounded like you're going to be pretty enthusiastic joining the podcast today. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling great. It's a beautiful, sunny day out there. I can't help but feel enthusiastic, excited. <laughs> For those who are yeah. listening, it's actually been raining all day. <laughs> <laughs> In Matt's mind, it is sunny. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so today, a topic that we wanted to cover is really focusing on sponsored ads. And what we want to do is that there's so many things you can implement within Amazon advertising. Matt and I really wanted to pick apart what's the key things to look at, especially as we're approaching Q4. We want to have that solid foundation, that solid structure with our sponsored ads campaigns. So I figured we would kind of focus on that and just give some key takeaways on as you're looking at your sponsored ad campaigns, what's the key things you should be looking for? So what we'll be doing is we'll be going through our top five items to look at and hopefully be given some good actionable items from there. So Maybe we'll just jump right into it. Let's um, do it. Yep. Drum roll. So Matt, what is the top thing that you start with for sponsored ads? I think goal KPIs. So if you want to measure your performance, you need something to measure against. They should be quantitative because your campaigns are rolling in metrics, numbers. So understand your business, know your objectives, and set goals at the campaign level. So yeah. identify, yeah, your goal KPIs. and I, I think that's a... And we wanted to start with the goals because I think a lot of people just jump into advertising. And as you talk about it, it's like, what are you truly trying to achieve with your advertising? So is it, all right, do I want to boost sales? Is it, all right, I really want to rank for these products. Am I launching a new product? Where is my product really in its product life cycle? What do I need in terms of margins for my advertising to make sense? Like, am I willing to break even or even lose money with my advertising because of the potential organic benefits? Like, all these different items can really impact how you look at your ads, how you implement your ads, what the strategy is. And if you don't have that idea from the start, if your goal is to just try to do everything, then it's very difficult to measure and you're not going to do any one thing really well. Totally. Yeah. And ultimately, it determines how you design all of your campaigns, what sort of structure you put in place, what targets you're picking, what settings you use. So it's what determines pretty much every element that we're going to discuss in the top five. Sure. So yeah, I, I think picking ACoS targets is really important for more mature products. For newer launch products, ACoS isn't going to be a key KPI that you look at. It's something that you evaluate, but it's not like the ultimate end goal, sure. you know, set order objectives or sale objectives or rank objectives and then back into budget that you need to hit that. And then you're continually evaluating how you're tracking against those goal KPIs and iterating through adjustments as needed. Yep. Yep. So I think the biggest thing is let's set goals and then we can measure if we were able to achieve those goals or not. If our idea is to just try to make everything work or just to put ads in because that's what you need to do. It's really tough to justify or understand what the performance is and are you really achieving what you're trying to do? So number one key thing, 
really it's focused on setting the goals. You had something else to add. Yeah, I want to throw this in there too. Timeline for those goals is really important too, sure. especially sitting in our seats. If you don't go through like the planning process and figure out those KPIs, you can be tempted to pivot really quickly. So, which is really challenging on the advertising side because we're making decisions based on data and you know perceived value of the targets when we don't have a ton of data and like there needs to be some continuity in order to be able to evaluate against goal objectives sure so give yourself time to hit those goals and work towards them i like setting like 30-day goals or monthly goals and not shortening the horizon too much from that just because you run into like attribution window issues and stuff like that so sure i i think it's important to set you know relatively short but long enough objectives yep. that you can work towards each month for sure the consistency there is so huge that yep if we can have consistent goals like some of these strategies take time to see the full performance whether or if we're just shifting goals left and right and not understanding how these changes implement all the other goals that we have it's yeah it can really impact performance so i love the timeline perspective too and you know with many things on amazon like our advertising our advertising strategy it's it's definitely a marathon not a sprint so all right set goals have the right time frame in mind so now we know what our goals are all right what's some key things that we're looking at so if you're jumping into account what's like the major like foundational things you're looking for to see if they're implemented so let's let's go to the the top one there which would be number two on our on our top five list sure yeah i think you could debate the the sequence of these, sure. but like a staple of good campaign management is having campaign integration. So that would be funnels, how you're moving, converting search terms, harvesting those and moving them into more granular ad types, match types, and sharing targets across your campaigns is really important. Sure. Yep. And so for those who aren't familiar with funnels or just to try to paint the picture. So essentially what we're doing is we're essentially getting a wide reach. So kind of a broad audience. And then based off of performance, really narrowing down our targets to be very specific, but much more controlled. So an example of this is our sponsor product auto campaigns. They're going to have a wider reach. And what we can do is now we can look at the search terms that come from these auto campaigns, and then we can move them downstream to manual campaigns. With these manual campaigns, we may start as phrase or broad match, which again is broader, but not as broad as auto campaigns. And then from there, if we continue to see good performance, um, we can, or we to, uh, continue to see conversions, we can move them to exact. And then at that point, we have even much more control. And so it's really taking the targets that are working well, moving them down the funnel to the places where we have much more control and can control to those key goals that we set in the previous step. Totally. Yeah. They help you with like working from broad to more specific, like exact match or individual ASIN targets. There, there are benefits at each stage, each level, but auto campaigns, broad match keywords and such, they're great for reach and discovery, and you can build up an initial data set, find what works, and then as you're continually iterating through that harvesting process, you're dropping down performing targets into more controllable match types. So you've got the reach and awareness and discovery aspects of like the broader reach targets and then you have the ultimate controllability of your top performers or anything that's driving you know material volume for sure for sure exact and 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, key thing in, I kind of combine the funnels, like the campaign funnels with like target harvesting, keyword harvesting, kind of the same, same perspective. Totally. And so one, one aspect we talked about was kind of funneling from like sponsor products from auto campaigns down to like sponsor products manual. Um, but I think another key piece that people sometimes miss is that we can cross share good performing targets between the different ad types. So if we look at product targeting and we have some really solid product targets on the sponsor product side, let's share those with our sponsor display product targeting campaigns too. So just to open up like how we're looking at funnels, it's really, all right, let's funnel the top performers down like the sponsor products campaign types, but then also let's share these between the different ad types. If we have good performers, let's make sure that all the ads are targeting that all the ad types are targeting that so we can get the most exposure for those good performing targets. Yeah. It's complete cross campaign integration for light campaigns. So you have top performers in sponsor products. They should exist in sponsor brand campaigns and they should be tested there. You have top performing product targets or any performing product target. It should be harvested and leveraged with sponsored display product targeting and vice versa. So that integration and that funneling process is pivotal towards account control and maximizing performance. Yep. Yep. All right, so we had number one, setting goals and making sure that we've got consistent goals in a good time frame. Number two is campaign funnels and target harvesting or keyword harvesting. What's what's another key piece? So what would be number three for you? Bids. Sure. Yeah, that's where I'd start. I like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, they're incredibly important. So your bid is the maximum amount that you're willing to pay at auction for a given target. And this is how... To a large extent, you control the performance of all of the keywords, product targets that you're targeting within your campaigns. Sure. So you've already set goal objectives and you've already built out a funnel. You're targeting a wide array of, of keywords, product targets across all your campaigns. Um, now you can evaluate actual performance against those goal KPIs. And then like key control is how you bid bid them. So you want to drive more exposure you increase bids um, when goal K- your when results are favorable to your goal KPI. Sure. If you're running unfavorable, you reduce bids, uh, which will should improve cost per click and your efficiency at the expense of the traffic that they drive. Yep. Yep. So bids are really your throttle up or down based off of how aggressive you want to get with that specific ad type or that target. Yep. And so based off of performance, and we're always comparing to what those goals are. So if we have more of a margin set goal for our product and we are comfortable spending as much as we can on advertising, as long as we're achieving, say, a certain ACOS or a ROAS, then we can ever we can optimize our bids to that ROAS or that ACOS target. And so really it's the throttle up or down if we're seeing great performance and we're achieving those goals now we can increase our cost per click through our bid that we have to try to get more exposure overall and really just try to drive more people who are viewing those ads that are performing well and eventually hoping to drive the sales and really help our products overall yeah yeah question we get from time to time how often should you be optimizing bids sure i don't look at it in terms of like a time frame sure. you know i look at it in terms of volume so yeah. what's changed since my last adjustment how has performance changed are we moving towards our goal kpi yeah so it's not so much do it every week do it every day do it every 30 days 
Um, it's more so how much volume do we have to be able to make educated decisions? What's the confidence in my new bid to get us to target? And then I do like to make changes in increments. So we're not going to like the ultimate calculated CPC that we should achieve. We're walking towards it. So as we iterate through these adjustments, we can evaluate how results change relative to goal, goal KPIs as CPC goes up or CPC goes down. Yep. Yep. And the one caveat I'll throw in there is you should never optimize like before the full attribution window totally. has been completed. So anything like greater or like sooner than the seven day time period, if you're using seven day attribution window, which is standard for like sponsored products, just know that all sales haven't posted then. And, you know, from our perspective, we feel like you don't have enough information there. So we always leg the data a bit to make sure that we're getting the full attribution window in. But just know that if you get a click, it can take seven days to convert. So if you're starting up campaign, and you're two days in and results aren't looking as good, just know that you may have a lot of extra sales post after that. But then like Matt was saying, it's really more like how much data do you have versus like a specific time frame? You know, so if I have an ad campaign that's getting like 10,000 clicks per day, it, you know, which would be a good amount, it, I'm going to be able to make a lot better decisions than 10 clicks a day or one click a day. And so it really comes down to like, what's the concentration of data that we have to be able to make those solid bid decisions as we go. Totally. Yep. All right. So we had set goals, campaign funnel structures and bids. All right. What's next on your list? Placements. Placements. Yeah. All right. Talk to us about placements. All right, so let's let's focus on the sponsor product side. It's what drives the majority of volume in, in most accounts. Sure. So there's a feature called, well, formerly called bidding by placement. You know, it's just your placement settings instead of the campaign level for sponsor product campaigns, and you can set a percent multiplier for all the the bids, the the targets that exist within that campaign for specific placements. So sponsor products, there are three types of placements: top of search, product page, rest of search. You can set a multiplier for top of search and product page. You can't for rest of search. And it's an incredibly important feature that is still like mind-blowingly underutilized. Sure. We're still, you know, reviewing campaigns. We review like campaigns all the time for prospective clients and like I don't know, it's almost universally underutilized. Sure. And and it's such an important feature, the reason being Take it away. Oh, you're kicking it to me. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I thought you were just <laughs> pausing or just stopped. For dramatic uh, effects. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So the reason being is that, so if we look at placements, it's really where are my ads shown throughout the website of Amazon or on the app. And so like top of search, very valuable real estate overall. And so is that where you were kind of leading me? That is exactly, oh, okay. yeah. I was worried. I was like, oh, did I not tee you up well enough here? Yeah, yeah top of search is like the key thing. I, yeah. Yeah. I should have just kept rolling. Yeah, yeah I just got confused. Yeah. <laughs> so, so top of search, uh, if we look at the, the three placements on like sponsor products, so top of search, product page, rest of search. Top of search performs so much better overall. Um, Click-through rate is so much higher than the other two placements, especially product page, which has a really low click-through rate. If we look at conversion rate over two times higher than the other ad types, and then if we look at cost per click or like the, the bid that you need to win these placements, it tends to be a lot less than the performance would actually dictate in terms of like sales driven. And so 
overall, if you look at placement adjustments, like Matt was saying, it's one of the most commonly underutilized pieces that we see is making sure you've got the correct boost to top of search. But then even taking another step back, just having the right adjustments overall to between all three placements. So each one performs differently. It's almost like a different ad type. And so making sure that we have the correct adjustments for each placement based off of its performance, it's going to be critical. We don't want to spend more than we want to, say, for product page or rest of search. And we want to make sure we're showing up as much as we can for top of search up to where the performance dictates. And so just having those placement adjustments in there, it's really critical as you go. And just think of them as separate ad types where we can, instead of having the bids that we're setting, we just got to boost the bids up for these different places overall but major impact yeah yeah and at a high level like just understand your overall market performance by placement level and like you can get really scientific with how you set placement settings sure instead of the campaign level so it applies to all the targets within a campaign so you have to be cognizant of like what targets drove that top of search performance if you seed your campaign with like a really short tail single word keyword sure. and it drives the most of the volume, like top of search performance for that keyword or at the campaign level, it's not reflective of the other targets within it. Yeah. So structure is important. And then knowing like, you know, volume driven by the targets within it is important. Yeah. So key thing is like top of search oftentimes like as a whole converts twice as well as the other placements and typically doesn't cost twice as much. So setting a higher multiplier for top of search can drive a lot of additional sales in your account at favorable ACOS. Yep. So it's a really important setting. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So we have, I'm going to keep recapping every <laughs> like time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We're going to set our goal. Campaign funnels or keyword harvesting. We have bids. We have placement adjustments. What would you say is number five, Matt? Yeah. I mean, all of these are like, super positive controls that you have. So let's, let's get negative. Here. Sure. Yeah. Oh, well. uh, <laughs> awesome pun, huh? That um, was good. Yeah. So negative keywords are really important. Just like we're harvesting search terms with our funnel approach, we should also be reviewing search terms for like themes that we don't want to target things that don't convert well, that they're dri that are driving clicks without orders or driving phenomenally high ACOS. Sure. We should add negative exacts, matches for search terms that underperform, maybe aren't relevant to the product, like a red search term for a blue product, you know, sure. probably not going to convert well for that audience. There are two, you know, there are a number of different negative match types that you can utilize and should utilize. So negative exact eliminates a specific customer search term from appearing yep. from triggering an impression. And then negative phrase eliminates the full phrase from triggering impressions. And you can have words before or after it, just like phrase match on the on the keyword side. Yep, yep. So systematic setting of, of like negative phrase is really risky because you can wipe out a lot of volume for yeah, unintended consequences, basically. Sure. But if you're finding specific themes within your search term reports that people are searching for that don't convert, like the wrong audience, you know, gendered terms, colored terms, any sort of attribute that is like irrelevant to the product. variations. Yeah. 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 You can wipe those out really quickly using negative phrase. It's a very powerful addition. You can sure. set them at the campaign level. You can set negatives at the ad group level. Yep. 
Yeah. And, and so a key thing here is just making sure you're always going through like search term reports. And again, you, I know some people take a much more scientific approach for this. And yep, we do have some like mathematical checks on when we put things to negative, but there's also the human aspect there too. Like if you see search terms that come up and it's just completely irrelevant to your products, like you don't have to wait for the numbers to prove that <laughs> this is where the, the art and science comes together. And so scrubbing through that search term report and making sure that there's terms that are coming up if they don't make sense just set them as negative so you're not wasting money on it and don't feel like you have to wait to get that validation if you know that it's just not going to be relevant yeah negatives are also really useful in the funneling process too our number two item on yep. the list just for deduplication across campaigns and they can be really valuable during setup too for deduplication activities so let's say we want to target attribute specific keywords within or like themed keywords within a specific campaign, yep. we can negate those themed keywords elsewhere. So that way we build all the volume within that specific campaign. We yep. don't have this whack-a-mole thing where, you know, if it underperforms, we reduce bids and all of a sudden exposure pops up elsewhere and we reduce those bids. Sure. The more you deduplicate um, for the same product mix, the better. Yeah, yeah. So we went through our top five. I'm going to throw a little curveball, and I'm going to throw one more in there as an extra. We'll still say top five, but potentially one extra one. Right. And that one that I'll say is depends on your goal, but in some cases, budgets can be really key too. For sure, yeah. So I would say budgets as a, as a sixth. In some cases, if we're more margin focused for advertising, budgets don't matter as much because what we use is we use bid controls to control to a specific ACOS or ROAS, um, and we're trying to get certain return from our advertising. But in other approaches, say we want to take more of a tacos-based approach, so looking at our advertising spend compared to our overall sales, now setting budgets can be very critical too. And just general spend allocation and where you're putting your spend based off of your products and those different goals. It ties into the goals that you have. It ties into the analysis that we talked through in step one. But in many cases, having budgets and setting those budgets in the right spot can be key to, again, depending on your goals and how you're really managing those accounts. Yeah. And just adding like my, my own spin on what you just said too, like when do budgets not really matter? Mm -hmm. When inventory is not a concern sure. and you're your ACOS is beating your break-even ACOS, your gross margin. So every unit you're selling is delivering marginal profit. Sure. That's when you don't need to be budget limited. You can spend infinite sums and return infinite, you know, more, more profit. Sure. Uh, each additional sale adds profit to your business. Anytime ACOS is higher than budget or higher than your break-even is where you need to start thinking about how you best utilize your limited resources. Mm -hmm. Um, Having an ACOS over break even isn't necessarily an issue depending on number one, your goal KPIs and what the objective is. There are a lot of ton of benefits to advertising, spinning the flywheel and all that stuff, but you need to prioritize and you do that through budgeting at that point. Yep. Yep. And add, adding in one more caveat to building on what you just said. So overall, yep, if you're at break even or better than break even and you're making profit on those ad sales, it can be great. But if you have a very established product too, you may want to try to work those ad sales back because hopefully in some instances you could get that organic sale and not have it go through your advertising too. Yeah. 
And so looking at the specifics too on where we're getting that return from advertising and is it branded versus non-branded, there may be some circumstances where you want to try to back that off too and see how that impacts everything. So, And this all ties back to having very clear goals from the start <laughs> and really what are we going to try to test. I would say in general what you said is absolutely correct. There are some cases where we'll try to back that off, and this is where the budget calculation or the budget piece can come into account, but really it all ties back to what your overall goals are. Debatable. Debatable. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if we go through the list, all right, we'll see if I can remember all five plus the bonus. All right, we have seckles. We have the campaign funnel or keyword harvesting. We have bids. We have placement adjustments and negatives, and then based off of your goals, sometimes budgeting too. So these would be the key things as you're looking to tune up your campaigns going into Q4. Having that solid foundation on your sponsored ads is just so critical. So these are the key things I would focus on and ask yourself, like, how do I feel for each of these pieces? Like, do I have them all nailed or are there gaps within these sections? Um, if you've got these all locked down, you're going to be sitting in a pretty good spot going into Q4. So, Matt, before we close out, any other items you want to add? Yeah, I have three or four additional things. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't. No, I think we covered it. The like, 80-20 rule going into Q4, these are key items to focus on and make sure you have your house in order to have the most successful quarter as possible. Yep, yep. So... Well, as always, this has been another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. We really appreciate you listening. And if you get a chance and can leave us a quick review for the podcast, we would really appreciate it. And as always, feel free to reach out with any questions or anything else that you want to hear on the podcast going forward. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.